All right, we've got something special today. We do. We have it. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to another Ringo Zone bonus episode. It's the first one we've done in a while, like in over a year, I think. What was the last one? Was it? I think the last bonus was like my fucking birthday episode in 2016. So it's been like 14 months almost since we've recorded a bonus episode. I thought it. I thought the last one was Flashpoint Paradox. We did was, that after I your don't birthday, us. Did we? I don't know. We did do Flashpoint Paradox. I just don't remember if it was before. Or I don't after. remember. The po- it's been a while. Anyway, this has nothing to do with Steven Universe. No, no. Uh, I'm Max. I'm Mickey. Fucking Samurai Jack is back. Oh, he's back. It's so cool. This is so. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're recording this on Sunday, March. What's 12th. today? The twelfth. Yeah. Twelfth. And um. Samurai Jack, uh, the first episode of season five on motherfucking Adult Swim and Toonami <laughs> aired last night. And, you know, it's just such like a big deal. You know, I might want to cover all the episodes at the same time, maybe not. So we'll see. We how will this see goes how it plays out. And, yeah. And how scheduling goes and all. So before we get into the new episode, let's just talk about the show in general the old seasons and stuff yeah when did samurai jack first begin airing uh, in the in the very early 2000s very um, early 2000s i think like 2001 maybe yeah it was jindy tartakovsky who i think we most know from samurai jack he did some dexter's he, lab dexter's laboratory uh symbiotic titan which i actually haven't watched but I've been meaning to because it looks He's interesting. Also done. Uh, did he do the Hotel Transylvania movies? I think? He did. He did both. He did both, and then I think there's a third one coming out. He did. Yeah, he did the Hotel Transylvania films as well, which I love. And it's probably they're probably my favorite Adam Sandler movies to date. He also very recently did a four issue Luke Cage miniseries over at Marvel Comics. You told yeah, you told me about that. It's you showed just me the called art. Cage. With an explanation point. <laughs> the first issue is kind of crap. Issues two through four are amazing. Ooh. And, like, if you've grown up, like, watching Dexter's Lab and Samurai Jack, just, like, everything about this screams... Is it Gendy or Gendy? Yeah, I think it's Gendy Tartakovsky. Yeah, everything about it just screams Gendy. It's fucking incredible. Just, like, there are characters who I'm, like... Yeah, no, if this were a cartoon, this guy would totally be voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a Gendy Tartakovsky production. And uh, the last thing I think people would know Gendy Tartakovsky from is he did the, uh, I think it was, I want to say it's 20-part miniseries for Star Wars The Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. Which, like, only Star Wars thing that, I like. Yeah, exactly. Which, if you know about me in Star Wars, is kind of a big deal. It, it's a really big deal. Like the fact that that's like the one thing you enjoy, and it and it's a good thing to like because you can tell like a lot of the stylistic like things that uh, Gendy picked up while creating Samurai Jack bled deep into Clone Wars. Very, very much. Very oh, much. like the 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 cinematography specifically is so one to one Samurai Jack. Like it, it's why it's probably one of my favorite things that has ever been put out in the Star Wars mythos. Because it's just, so, what's uh, what's your experience with the show while it originally ran, and just like the old well, seasons? Uh, fun fact: um, when I was younger, my dad did a lot of work. He works for the bowling industry, and he does a lot of stuff with marketing. Towards... You know, that sounds boring, but I'm also kind of fascinated. Yeah, it's 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 really just because you don't hear bowling industry often. Yeah, you don't hear it often, and but like the thing that my dad used to do is he did um a bunch of marketing campaigns, and he would reach out to different 
like entertainment businesses. Like he reached out to like NFL, different movie studios, Warner Brothers. He does work with he did some a bunch of work with DC and Marvel. And um Oh nice. Yeah. And one of the specific things that he did is he because we were based in Atlanta. He was really buddy buddy with Turner Broadcasting for uh, quite a few years, and we did. He did a lot of stuff with Cartoon Network, which led me as uh, a as the son of a man who got like, to get a bunch of info from Cartoon Network before shows went on air. I actually had a he he we didn't get to keep it he only, how have you never mentioned this information before because because considering we do a podcast about cartoons it feels like it would have been relevant at some point i know it, it's weird that i haven't mentioned it but it was mostly because like like this is a this heavy is, backstory this man. is all related to um like th- like everything that we've done is steven universe which has became came into being way after my dad uh stopped working with Cartoon Network. So oh, it, it never really connected with me mentally. But because we're finally doing Samurai Jack, like I remember this so vividly. Right, so when I was so a, my, continue the story. Yeah, yeah. When I was a little kid, my dad used to get a bunch of like backdoor information from Cartoon Network because because he had to do marketing campaigns with them. He got to know about shows before they came out so he could properly get like the materials like promo pictures uh, promo art, a bunch of like uh, logos and stuff. Wait, what did that have to do with bowling? Like he, he, okay. So I don't know if you've seen this. If you've been bowling recently, if you see people who have like bowling balls that have like images of like shows or cartoon characters or anything no, on I've them, I've never seen that. Some people may have. I know it's not a huge thing, but like there, there's like my dad basically invented the concept of having like a bowling ball that had like a. Like a picture, like a, you could have a Scooby Doo bowling ball, or like a Samurai Jack bowling ball, or like you could collect. That's could, pretty cool. I remember there was one lane I went to when I was a kid, and they had you know how on the monitor every bowling alley is like these shitty '90s era like CGI, CGI yeah. things. Well, instead of that, I remember there's one alley I went to that had like Looney Tunes characters on them. Oh, that's cool. Like saying like I thought I saw a strike or something. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. So is it kind of like that, or it's, is it's it sort of like that? He faces on merch. Faces on merch, and like if there was like, oh man, this is the Star Wars bowling, um, fucking like uh, sweepstakes where. If you enter your name in this raffle at your local bowling alley, you can get a bunch of like you can get a Star Wars bowling pin. You can get a ball that's got Darth Vader's face on it. You get a bunch of money. You get to go out to like the premiere of uh, Revenge of the Sith when it aired at the time, or when it was coming out in theaters or whatnot. All right, that's cool. And did a bunch of stuff like that. And he did he had marketing stuff like he had his hands in a whole bunch of Cartoon Network IPs. And when I was a kid, one of the things that uh, he got to do was he got promotional material way ahead of time. And so I had DVD, uh, I, like they handed him DVDs for like different shows, like before they were coming out, like Juniper Lee, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, and most notably Samurai Jack. And they, he would hand, they would hand him these DVDs that had like the first three or four episodes of the show. And he would give them to me because he, as a dad, he was like, I don't really need to see the show. I just give me the uh, image material and I can use it with my company. But my kid loves cartoons, hand him the DVD. He gets to watch Samurai Jack four months before the show comes out on TV. So that was one of my earliest, like, I, this is not like really bragging, but it, it feels kind of cool that I was like one of the kid, like some kid of like maybe if like a couple hundred people who worked in the industry who got to see Samurai Jack before it actually aired on television. And I saw like the first episode with like the dogs and a bunch of other shit. I just, like they had the like Scotsman was produced. The episode itself was produced long enough. I, that was one of the episodes I saw. 
So yeah, I've been nice. I've loved Samurai Jack literally since the beginning. Like it's been one of my favorite like animated series. And like it's one of the rare things like you know when you're when you're kind of growing up and you realize, "Oh man, I wasn't old enough to really appreciate this when it came out at the time." But I feel like Samurai Jack was one of the ones that I truly did appreciate because it was this weird different artsy animated series that as a kid I knew was different. It was a thing that like I could it stood out among a bunch of different things like among like all the other animated shows that were out at the time and I absolutely adored it and I watched every episode as often as I could anytime it aired on uh Toonami and Cartoon Network and whatnot. Well right, see because I was one of those kids who like I wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when it aired, I remember watching the premiere. It's funny because like looking back with like what a huge Japanophile I am now, <laughs> it's very weird to me that there was a time in my life where like the prospect of a major network cartoon about like a samurai that actually kind of paid respect to some Japanese culture and ideas like didn't interest me, but there you go, <laughs> childhood. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm not saying it's 100% accurate, but, like, you see some stuff in there, and it's, like, because just looking back at the classic episodes, like, they, they definitely, probably not heavily, but I feel like they did some research about different cultures. Oh, they no, chose I, was watching, I was watching the uh, adult, there was, like, a the Adult Swim official live stream that had a Q&A with Gendy before they actually had the show on on the stream, and... He's been a fan of like the samurai like culture since he was a kid. Like he learned, like he read books about it. Like read about like the art of the samurai or, or the, the art of the blade. Sorry, which I can't remember the author of the book, but he mentioned it. He's like, I read those books when I was a kid. I'm a huge history buff. I love the code of the samurai and all this stuff. And like he talks about how much he poured into research into making sure that the show like was like very respectful to that and he's like i made some changes obviously that's cool that's cool but because i remember and it wasn't that i didn't like the show Mm -hmm. i just didn't like it very much like i remember one of my favorite episodes and honestly this is the only one i can remember like distinctly watching on tv as a kid Mm -hmm. that's still one of my favorites jack and the three blind archers oh my God, that is one of the coolest episodes. That episode is I think, like my my favorite episodes are definitely <laughs> the one because like Jack is kind of like this Ubermensch among warriors in the show. Yeah, my favorite episodes are like the ones where he meets guys about as strong or even stronger than him, like the hunters who actually catch him but then let him go because Aku is a sack of shit, <laughs> or um, you know, just like him fighting the Scotsman because the two of them are basically evenly matched. Yeah. Um, but as a kid. I didn't have the full appreciation. I watched it. I'm like, this is cool. This is like intense, but you know, just like a lot of the mood stuff, like my favorite episode now is Jack in the haunted house. I like ignoring whether it's scary or not. Yeah. I would not have had the patience for that as a kid Mm -hmm. at all. But so I, I wasn't really into samurai Jack while it was airing. And I remember, I think I was actually on like a fucking like cruise ship or something like my family went on a cruise and I was like in the cabin room watching Cartoon Network on the TV. <laughs> like when I found out that like Samurai Jack was ending and then I was a little bummed about it. Cause like I didn't, I wasn't watching it, but at the same time it just seemed a shame that something so cool ended. And then once I finally got into college and stuff, I like, uh, actually like I went back, I watched some of the stuff. It was on Netflix for a bit. And then I had like a real appreciation for it. And 
you know, it's just, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, well, you know, it's a shame it never got to end, but I'm not hung up about it. I could not imagine how excited I would be when they announced there was going to be a season five that finished the story. Oh my god, I lost, because I like, okay, so, well, when they first announced it, I was one of the people who was like, okay, you're announcing it, but what the fuck does that actually mean? Like you, that's true because there's stuff people like, can announce things and never see the light of day. Though I think when they did announce it, when they, I saw like, that, announce it with a release date, Jack didn't they? Yeah, they they released they, they the release date. Yeah, but it was when like I saw like that animated like three second like yeah it was like the three second ad that showed like the weird the armor that we now see in the first episode of the season five that weird tall headed samurai armor and then the shape of Aku and then it says Samurai Jack like when that came out I was like okay, this is actually happening. This isn't just, like, still images. Like, they've animated a thing for this. Like, this might actually be it a thing. was exciting, yeah. That was, like, that was when I was, like, okay, I'm actually... I get the feeling that this is not just, like, them saying... Like, trying to feed, like, the nerd fandom that is excited for this to come back. Like, that was, like, the first real moment, at least in my head. Yeah, and, you know, it just, like... I will say, you know, just, um... So now, I guess... We're, we're getting into the episode itself now in the release, and it's just so exciting because I got really excited by, like, oh, it's going to be on Adult Swim, so they'll have, like, blood and stuff, and it can be, like, more mature. And it really is interesting how, like, it seems like the whole season, because of what it is, you know, it's just one season, but it's going to be, like, more serialized mm-hmm. and story-focused, and I just can't wait to see what all comes of it. So let's get into it. Yeah, so what we... It opens up on a trailer that was kind of released before the episode came out. Like I, I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't watch like almost any of the stuff from before. Okay, I yeah. want to be as fresh as possible. There was like the the opening clip that appears right before Jack starts explaining what's going on. This the scene where he saves the, those two aliens, which. Like, and I said this when we were watching the episode to recap before, like, the only realistic name I can come up for these uh, aliens is the Millennials. They they speak in emoji. Yeah. And <laughs> Jack literally saves the emo- saves the Millennials, and it's like, okay, that's a bit... It only works as a heavy-handed metaphor if you call them the Millennials, but I'm gonna say that's what it is. And it's it, it's interesting, but it's also one of those things that, like, that could only you could only come up with that idea in a world where emojis exist. Like I don't think someone could create an alien race that speaks in like visual text messages floating above their heads, unless yeah. we lived in this day and age. And it, that's a it, it is interesting. That's one of the things I noticed, like right off that. Not just that, but later when he's fighting uh, the bounty hunter who will get to Scaramouche, like Scaramouche distinctly pulls out a smartphone to call off. Yeah, it's one of like. Even back, like, when Samurai Jack first came out, a lot of the technology felt very speculative, far future stuff. But the fact that we now can, like, they're they're using future tech that's also now tech and, like, like concepts in our culture that we can you can only put in a show unless you've actually seen them exist. Like I said with the millennials. For Jack, all tech is Basically. Tech. So he's like, what the fuck is a smartphone? I'm smart. Am I a phone? But now he's fucking using it. <laughs> yeah, no. So it's so weird seeing Jack, like, on the motorcycle with the guns. It was it awesome. Was... <laughs> and because I love, the big thing I love, I love how, like, Jack has finally adapted to the world. Like, He's had 50 fucking years to do Ad- it. Adapted so, like, is a word. It's That sounds a bit hopeful. I would say he was so 
beaten and broken by the world that he finally is like, fuck it, I'll pick up a gun. And once he lost his sword, he needed something. Exactly. And I guess it just like feels weird for him to use a different sword. Probably. Yeah, like But he's still got like that staff with like half taser, half like halberd. That's actually really cool. Yeah, it feels like I want like that. it feels like the sword to him during the original run of the show was an extension of him and these are just tools to him. The sword is literally made from like the power of gods and his father's like soul. Yeah, it's so yeah. It's it, it's not just a weapon to him and these the and you can tell because like at he doesn't feel at it doesn't seem like he's at home using the weapons like he it feels like he's using tools he doesn't feel like he's truly at his peak and that it's true that's kind of like the whole theme of this part it's funny because it's so it's such like an in it's such like an intangible concept yeah but you're right like it's for us it's like it shouldn't be weird seeing an animated character do something they don't normally do because they're animated they can do anything yeah but like you can tell it is so bizarre to like there's something about like the way jack it feels wrong maybe his face jack doesn't have like the warrior tranquility slash fury that he usually does he just has like this weariness i think it's the bags under the eyes it's the bags under the eyes it's also it's also such a small detail but it sells so much stuff yeah like he he does like because he's always been such a clean slate face person and now he just looks so tired because you know he wore a simple white kimono clearly and he had a very like his sword is made of magic but it's very he's canonically not aged a day like we know this theories about that theories about that my theory is that it's the same spell. I've got two theories about this. Mm-hmm. The easy one is that um, it's the spell Aku used to send Jack into the future. That makes sense. Because he's not in his own time, he's not affected by time. Yes. My other theory, because I feel like... I feel like Aku like, might know that would have happened and doesn't necessarily want to make one of his enemies immortal. Yeah. Um especially one who was literally just kicking his ass at the time he threw him into the future. <laughs> but my other theory, because like a solid quarter of the episodes of classic Samurai Jack, <laughs> our Jack finds something that can send him back to the past and then it gets destroyed or he loses it or it's not what it seems to be. Yeah, And I think that being like in the presence of so many destroyed time things has had some kind of like side effect on him. <laughs> that just time, it's just like some kind of time radiation that keeps him from aging. <laughs> he just got so fucked up on time cancer that he can't age. <laughs> time cancer, that's <laughs> it. It's complete, I don't know, metastasis. I'm probably not using that word right of the entire human body. Maybe, sure. Let me look up the word. You <laughs> say some things to fill the space while I do. But yeah, like, and then we see... We, we like it's very like I said like it's very obvious like it's they make subtle changes like the bags under his eyes and the fact that you can tell that he doesn't have that samurai tranquility when using other weapons that are not his sword. yeah metastasis has to do with cancer but it has nothing to do with like still well, so you were kind of half right <laughs> yeah but not in the way I intended to be <laughs> like I was thinking medicine it must mean actual stasis <laughs> I know what words are. I know, I know some some of these words I recognize. Now let's get let's get into the sub though. That's really uh, like here's how it's a uh, pregnancy. Well, do you want to start with yeah? Do you want to start with the uncomfortable start, pregnancy well, scene? We're going to go chronologically. So yeah, the uncomfortable pregnancy scene. That was like that was long because 
I remember I watched the opening and my first impression was, holy shit, this animation is incredible. Just really high yeah, quality. Yeah, the animation so. But it also feels like, yeah, this is this is standard Samurai Jack. It's, he beats up a bunch of is. robots. Maybe he's got a gun, but like they're still robots. But like the whole thing is still Samurai Jack, <laughs> you know? And like he's running over robots with his spiky motorcycle tires and he's blasting them and shit. And even like the people, like the people know the legend of Samurai Jack. He hasn't been yeah. forgotten to time. Like, yeah, they, like that that was an important detail to establish i think is like the ne- the next scene does establish that because they mentioned uh fucking aku aku fan club mentions that they know about the samurai well, so I it's mean, not but like that, but that's like they seem to be like acolytes who've had direct contact with him the daughters of aku like the uh matriarch even mentions that like aku used to speak to them directly yeah okay so let's talk about that scene because that's a scene. Okay, so obviously our first question, did this woman have sex with Aku? I don't did think she fu- so. Because she meant, yeah, like, it, you think at first, but then later in the episode she mentions that you will finally return to us. So it's not like he's been gone for nine months since, like, boning her. So, like, where did the kids come from? Because I'm assuming where, that the children that? did not grow from babies to, like, young adults in the span of the 20 minutes of the episode i'm assuming we saw moments in time yeah it's they didn't literally grow like magic beans like they're and they we did not sow the dragon's teeth here yeah we like okay i don't know what that means but (laughs) uh there's like a legend about like planting dragon's teeth and then it grows an entire army or warriors or something yeah interesting but like because who who are the fathers like what is going on with these like because we like the the fact that they established that aku has been gone in some degree or another for quite a while which is also a very curious thing jack not aging and does jack not aging and aku being quote-unquote well i don't think it's that aku's been gone i think it's just that aku hasn't returned to his cult oh okay and you know like because because the dude caught fucking Scaramouche calls Aku on his pink iPhone. Like, oh, that's true. You're right. Like we hear Greg Baldwin, who, you know, this is just, I gotta say it. I gotta say it. Greg Baldwin was not a great replacement for Mako on Avatar The Last Airbender, and he still isn't here. Like, he does he does a good impression. It's definitely better than mine, which you've heard. Yeah. Um, although, you know, I like think mine's decent, considering I that mine, I don't I practice think, or train I it at all. I think mine is pretty but, decent as well. Oh, let's hear it. Long ago in a distant land. Yeah, like anyone can do like half Aku. Like anyone yeah. can it's do like enough you can hear to like, their voice Aku, sound. But it's not Aku. Like any, anyone can do like an impression of Aku. Yeah. But that's the problem. Greg Bowen sounds like an impression. It's just. But Mako I is just Mako. Yeah, like Mako's, Mako has at least, you know, as far as I've heard, admittedly, I don't know a lot of Japanese Americans, um, uh, a very, especially older ones, a very distinct voice. And yeah. I feel like there has to be some voice talent out there that can replicate his voice better than Greg Baldwin. So this is not me disrespecting Greg Baldwin. It's just like... Because he does a serviceable there has job. To be, it, it, like, like, I have no problem with it overall. I'm just saying, like, there has to be someone like closer it's, it's to the mark out there yeah it's not Doesn't bad there? but it's not bad but he's, he cannot possibly be the best yeah it's just that cannot be the bar yeah but like going back like it's just like going back to the actual because we like that scene just its goal was to make us uncomfortable and, and it, it succeeded fucking worked because that Cause like you're like okay she has a creepy baby all right I get it this is kind of oh, different oh no two more they babies keep, they keep like five babies 
Seven babies. And then she just fucking walks it off like a goddamn hoss. She's just like, like, I've had seven kids. I bang my shin against the corner (laughs) of my bed. And that, like, decommissions me for a solid two minutes. This bitch gives birth to seven babies and is ready to get back to preaching. Oh, God. She fucking, like, walks it off like it's nothing. She's just like, put my mask on. I need to pray. The warriors of Samurai Jack, like, they don't are just around. so superhuman. It's um, I love it. I, I really love it. It's like, I feel like Samurai Jack, though, is like one of those universes where, in a Who Would Win fight, it's just super hard to quantify their power levels, you know? Yeah, like... They, they're just like because like there's shit where I could believe if you want to tell me like plane of existence. If you want to tell me like Jack could give Superman a black eye, there are episodes I could watch and believe you. <laughs> and other episodes where it'd be like you're talking out your ass. <laughs> He's a fucking dude with a sword. Oh wait, I can't remember the name of the episode. Going back to the original Samurai Jack, what was the one where he fought that dude who like was able to like literally hide in the shadows? And they're in that like tower atop like a mountain and the sun is setting and there's just moments of pure black and pure white and Samurai Jack wraps himself into like a ninja garb and hides in the light. I think that was just like Samurai vs. Ninja or something. Oh, okay. That, I just, I, that, that like, because we're thinking about, I was thinking about the Aku children and that beautiful fucking lighting, but that we're getting ahead yeah, of ourselves. Yeah, it's just literally called Samurai vs. Ninja. Okay, cool. I'm looking at it. Oh, okay. Speaking of this, this is something I want to notice is that Apparently all the episodes of Samurai Jack, like, the old ones have names, but they also are, like, marked by Roman numerals. Yeah. So, there were four seasons, mm-hmm. and there were 13 episodes a season. So, in Roman numerals, the last episode was, of course, episode 52. Mm-hmm. We jump to season five. And it's 92. It's 92. Yeah. Which, like, the 50-year time skip, so apparently, like, 40 episodes worth of stuff happened. In those fifty years that we didn't see, yeah, like which kind of begs the question of how long is between episodes one and fifty-two of Samurai Jack? But whatever, maybe I'd say it's a solid year or two for Jack at least. I would say maybe a bit more than that, like like five years. Because like when you're when like at least in Jack's, like I don't think you would notice when you're an adult. Like Jack travels everywhere by foot. Yeah, like it would take a while for that to happen, and he kind of traverses. Jack is he literally timeless being? So he, yeah, exactly. To to him, like at some point, you kind of like you don't really notice that you age if you get to a certain point because like I'm an adult. Oh look, next year I am still an adult. He kind of doesn't notice it, so it might have been a bit longer than like maybe a couple years, like maybe five years, and then like you still wouldn't notice if you're a full adult like that. Because I think I remember I was talking to someone, and this guy's like, "Wait, did they say fifty or fifteen years? Because maybe it's just he's not." Maybe he just says good genes. I'm like, no, no, no. It's 50, because 15, I could believe that someone just doesn't look older when they're 15. Case in point, John Stamos. Yeah. Uh, like, it's been like 20, 30 years since and he's that dude looks that. exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. But like, but that's but 50, upsetting to me, by the way. That's just 50 years not past. right. <laughs> but yeah. Um, like here, they say, what you, you want another case of, a, of an actor who looks the same as he did like 30 years ago, Samuel L. Jackson. That dude isn't living in a time capsule. Dante Bosco also basically looks the same as he did in Hook, just maybe a bit bigger. Yeah, he just looks, he's just taller. He's just a tall child. Pretty much. <laughs> Even his voice, it's tall child voice. Yeah, but it's literally just a tall child voice. <laughs> so... Yeah, like Jack, like okay. Let's talk about the River of the Dead. Oh my God! Yeah, I was th- we we were talking about it when we were watching the episode. It's like, oh yeah, the 
like that the the pregnancy scene is the one thing that kind of like points out as like the most like though they can't air this back when it first aired but, but no then the we river, have a fucking crucifixion so then we got then we've got the river of the dead and the crucifixion and the fire and it's like oh okay so jack is having a guilt a, a guilt fueled fever dream that's is it which is really i th- I, I would imagine so cuz like cuz the whole thing is like he sees the smoke pillar that the who we'll talk about in a little bit caught sets off and it's and he ignores it which means it, it the whole thing is like the whole guilt trip thing is basically built around how the fact that he's now ignoring his duties as a protector like in all circumstances at least that's how i saw it it's it's interesting though because like why does he save one village and then not the other i guess it's just like jack only directly intervenes if it's like directly on his path or something like maybe I Where don't is he, know. If, if, if that does he have a path? We is he going somewhere? Because I think like some of the previews, Jack has explicitly said like, oh, so first this episode like opens with his exposition. And he's like, got to got to get back back to the past, Samurai Jack. Which is like, if this weren't a TV show, no one would ever string those words together in that sequence. Yeah, like I understand why you did it, and I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. It's a really nice callback. It's it's good. Um, because since we didn't get you know like an opening theme song this time. But, Mm -hmm. like, it's just, the whole, because he says that, but I think, like, some of the trailers and stuff that I did see, he's like, there is no way back, and the idea is, like, Jack has completely given up hope of ever getting home. Mm Mm-hmm. So then it's it doesn't like, feel it doesn't feel as holistic as it's presented. Yeah, it's it's like he's still you know this wandering Ronin, the masterless samurai, but he doesn't even have his blade anymore, and he's yeah. just like because before Jack was kind of like fucking Usagi Yojimbo. He goes somewhere, he sees some shit happening, he puts a stop to it. Although usually usually Usagi had a bit more like self interest directly involved wanna, in it. You want speaking of which you wanna kinda little drop that little tidbit that you learned the other day. Fucking Usagi Ojimbo's gonna appear in the next season of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, Woo! Yeah. Although the really next cool season actually. apparently is just gonna be like a bunch of one shot episodes instead of like following a plot, but I'm okay with that. That's cool. And then as they're gonna I... like reboot the whole series into more like a more like kiddier two D cartoon instead of like the more plot intense CGI, which uh, I've I've mixed feelings about, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. I just I like and oh man. I mean, the IDW comic is still going, so I'm getting my mature turtles content. Okay, back to the, yeah, I'll back to the episode. You said you had theories on Nickelodeon fucking... and Cartoon Network. Give us the Samurai Jack Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover. Also, that yes, do that. That'd be really fucking cool, actually. But yeah, okay. So who do you think is the fucking Celtic samurai he's seeing in his fever dream? Oh yeah, so you know Jack, he's got the fucking like. So I have two theories about this. Mm-hmm. The first one is that it is all hallucinations. Jack is a bit, how did Scaramouche put it, like, cuckoo moogoo or something? Cuckoo boku. Yeah, that. I don't we, know. Are, we are going to talk about We are going to talk about him. We uh, promise. I love Scaramouche. Because fuck. Scaramouche instantly made, like, my list of favorite Samurai Jackie antagonists. Same. Um, <laughs> but yeah. But, so, Who do you think? Of so, other uh, I was, but I think, and what it is, is, like, if you got up close... It would probably, like, you look at the guy, it would probably be another version of Jack, and it's just, like, the manifestation of his guilt. Yeah, I, I, I had a feeling you were going that but direction with But my other theory is that this is actually a mystical minion of Aku's, who, like, I think maybe the reason Aku, like, 
isn't talking directly to the daughters of Aku, and this is all just a theory, it could all be wrong, mm-hmm. is that maybe Aku isn't hunting Jack anymore? Because here's the thing. Jack has caused Aku so much trouble in the past, and he's still so capable, but what's like saving one fucking village to the guy who already rules everything? Yeah. What's like killing one bounty hunter? Jack doesn't even have the sword, which is the only thing that can kill Aku anymore, and Jack has like gone full depression and crazy and given up hope. So what if Aku just like is like fucking whatever, let him roam, but just as insurance, he sends this minion to give Jack the hallucinations and keep him in this crazy, depressed headspace. And if Jack is, like, too broken to be an effective threat to Aku's reign, Aku just doesn't give a shit about killing him anymore. Mm. Now, that's probably a bit of a stretch. Like, I'll admit it, like, even after 50 years, it doesn't really seem characteristic of Aku to just, like, give up on having Jack killed. But at the same time, like, every time he's tried to do it, it fails, and it costs him resources. So just, like, if Jack isn't a credible threat anymore, why bother? Yeah. So just, like, have that little insurance there, keep him down, let, like, whoever, keep the reward posted, let the loyalists go after him, let the people who want the money go after him, let the people who want to get into Aku's good graces go after him. And if one of them kills him, great. But if not, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. If I, I don't wholly believe in that theory, but I'm just kind of stating it as a possibility. Yeah. I don't know if I subscribe to the fact that um, that warrior thing It's too practical for Aku for is one thing. Doing the, is causing the hallucinations, because I still think that the hallucinations were born of the fact that he ignored that pillar of smoke. Oh, well, I don't think it's the pillar of smoke, because I think, like, Jack shows a familiarity when he sees it, mm-hmm. like... So I think he's seen that all the time, even before the pillars. More like the straw that broke the camel's back. Like it was like that breaking point where he realized that he has truly actually lost his way. And the fact that he's actively ignoring people in distress and he just, it, it, he couldn't bear the guilt and it came to him in the form of these familial, these familial based, like guilt ridden hallucinations. At least that's my say, perspective on it. I really love that they got Shab, Sab Shimono back as Jack's dad. That's a really nice. I didn't. I actually. I'm not familiar with that dude's work. Has what is, has he done anything besides Jack's dad? I, I know he's done some stuff that I've watched. Let me just look it up quickly. Okay, that's nice. That's a nice touch that they actually got that guy back to play him. Is it the same actress oh, as the mom? He was. He was uncle on Jackie Chan Adventures. Oh shit! That's cool. Okay. And uh, he was Monk Gyatso on Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh-huh. Um, let's see, who else? Yeah, okay, I can't find anything else at the moment. <laughs> but I, I think he's been in some other stuff that I've Yeah, seen. okay, now that I know that he's Uncle from Jackie Chan Adventures, that's that's a nice... That's it's a very cool. different voice from Uncle Doug. Oh, yeah, it is, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Um, I think they got the same voice actress back for the mom, I don't know. But that is one thing. The moment I truly knew that Jack was like completely 100% back was the Scaramouche fight. And it wasn't because of how cool the fight was, although it was, and it wasn't the imagination or the concept of the character. It was just the fact that Tom Kenny was doing the voice. Because <laughs> you go back to the classic seasons, and aside from Phil Lamar and Mako, like the only actors in that show are Tom Kenny, Kevin Michael Richardson, <laughs> John DiMaggio, Gray Delisle, and Tara Strong. Did you mention like Phil Lamar? Like, those five, 
I mentioned Phil Lamar. Okay, cool. Like, aside from Jack and Aku, those five voice, like, every character in the show. Okay, can we talk about fucking Scatman John and Scat- as reimagined yes. by a fucking cyberpunk wet dream? Because, like, just the way Tom Kenny's voice sounds, like, it sounds a little, like, cowboy western. I think that's just because of, like, the natural nasally quality of Kenny's voice, though. Yeah. Um, but he's also got, like, used car salesman going on. And he's also got, like, Hollywood douchebag going on. And like I said, like, the overall tone of his voice just sounds like a parody of a person when you're trying to describe someone who sucks. He's like, oh, look at me. I'm so great. I'm the yeah. best person but around. he just talks like that. That's just him. He's a- and, and the way he's just like, Jackie, baby, whip out your son. Come on, let's go. It's like. He's I such a sleazy Hollywood, like a sleazy you. Hollywood agent. And he's got the coolest shit. Oh my god. He's got the magic flute that can make giant golems uh, from rubble. He's got his own fucking scat ability. Scat telekinesis, that's what I call it. <laughs> which he uses on a fucking Dao sword, which Dao, they're just like the coolest so sword. Badass. And then like, he's got the fucking uh, tuning fork, fork knife. Explosion sword. Anything it touches blows up. And Jack fucking collects that shit off his dead body <laughs> after he kills him. I love that he just Because up- Jack without his sword takes enemy's gear now he's just he, and he's got the fucking he like, fucking loots his sliding he loots the dead that he can throw like a captain america shield uh, and he's got the you know that helmet is not tall enough he doesn't need all that height i think that helmet just holds like i don't know snacks or something that's what all the height's got, for he's just got a box of cheese in he's there he's got like he's got like the demon mask just because fuck it why not it is it, it completes the set great. Oh Everything God, is great. Scaramouche is so fucking. I just love. I was losing my shit when he started fucking scat telekinesising the sword. Because that, like, I love when you see a villain that has a gimmick that I've literally never. I've never seen a character do scat and make a sword fight for him. That is such that, a cool concept. I honestly think that might be 100% unique. Yeah. And if it isn't, don't tell me. Don't. Yeah, please. I want. Let me have this. Let me have Scatman John. I think, because for me, the really important thing about Scaramouche, um, and this is the other reason I say Jack is back, aside from the voice actors, is this. Samurai Jack's on Adult Swim now. It's more mature, and it's obviously going to be very heavy on story this time around, which the old seasons weren't. Yeah. And we've got, like, Jack dealing with depression and being a more vocal and active character. Um, We're going to see, like, time skip effects. And we've got, you know, blood and, like, humans dying on screen and, like, pregnancy and rivers of the dead and shit samurai jack used to be a children's show and now it's not but it still has that lightheartedness and imagination to it Mm -hmm. which is absolutely crucial to the show's identity because for everything that samurai jack was it was artsy um you know it was like epic it had its own tone it still was fun. It, for yeah, kids. it also had a silly Scotsman with a gun for a leg. Not me, because I was fucking ADHD, the human. But like <laughs> other kids, it had, like for every yeah. for every moment of like for every blind archer, you have the Scotsman yelling actual racial obscenities. At well, like, don't Jack. forget, there was an episode of the show called Jack and the Farting Dragon. Did you see? So, did you see the post on Tumblr that like actually? Ch- like some person who's like from Scotland translated all the like yes, semi Gaelic things that the Scotsman said to Samurai and, Jack. And it's like half and of them are like actual Scottish insults, and some of it is just like straight up like, racist. One of them is a straight up Asian stereotypical like 
wrestler. Yeah, fucking soy face. That, like, oh my god, how did they get away with that? Just like it was I mean, I guess because all this gibberish. Who the fuck? Like, what? Which got? Which fucking censor at Cartoon Network is going to be like? That's a Gaelic racial slur for an Asian man. You can't put that I on TV. I think he was just so hypnotized by yeah, it. Yeah, you know? it's just like I think the thing I love is kind of John DiMaggio like. It's not straight up. It kind of sounds like he's reading a list as he goes along. <laughs> like he, like he didn't practice it enough, so it's slow and kind of broken. But just like as a character, as a human being speaking, that's what makes it so great. Because <laughs> the guy is like straining and rattling his brain just to say as much shit as he can until he's satisfied. Because of how pure, because the amount of pure rage inside of him towards this fucking quiet asshole that won't get Scotsman out of his is way. Great. Scott's and, and, so like, good. Can, can I give like a little spoiler just that's been in some advertisements and stuff about him? About This show's been out since early 2000s. Say what no, you I want. No, I mean about the new season. Oh, go, go, go. well, I know that he's going to be back he is and he's aged and he's got white hair and he's in a wheelchair and he's replaced his machine gun leg with like a mini gun leg that's amazing that is amazing i don't i'm not even mad at you i can't wait for it i can't that's like the kind of thing that just you need to be enticed by yes not that this show is having trouble keeping interest because it's not but um there's also so here's like kind of i guess also, do we we want to talk about like the training the daughters of Aku went through? Yeah, that's also kind of fucked up too, dude. Yeah, I looked up the main girl. I was gonna call her Vegeta because of, like her, her hair, hair is Vegeta. But I, I I looked at her name is Ashi. Ashi, that's what it was. I knew it had a shit. So like, because like we're talking about like obviously the whole thing is like they say no weakness, you must be strong. Da da da. Your like whole existence is to kill the samurai and please Aku. But like watching a child get punched. By that Amazonian, even the shadow, just like teach her a lesson. Okay, let's set like this ten foot tall mongoloid <laughs> to just punch a small child in the face <laughs> over and over again until she presumably is on the brink of brain damage. <laughs> you know, that's a little it's, fucked it's up. not genuine brainwashing. They just straight up hurt the kids' heads enough so that they think they're the good guys. <laughs> it's interesting. Um. Because, like, obviously they're building up to something with her, and she's probably going to, like, defect from Aku yeah, and maybe join Jack's It's good that she's not Or they won't! Strictly, yeah, they're, they, they seem to be hinting at it, like, the whole, she's not strictly part of the group. She doesn't necessarily... She's the dreamer who looked at the beauty of the outside world and wants to be part of it. And I thought they were going to be, like... And then she overcomes being the weakest one and is made the leader and is, like, the best fighter. I, I like that they didn't straight up go, like, when she saw the outside world, the mom didn't get, like, mad at her. She's, she's like, yeah, like, see, this is the glory Aku she, gives she, us. She has... She gives us the fucking Mufasa, everything the light touches is our kingdom bullshit. Is Aku's, but... Actually, it's interesting because I was looking at, like, I didn't strictly count them, but I feel like maybe the daughters of Aku are, like, this is not, like, the first generation of it. Oh, no. This has been going on for years. Like, the ones training them are probably warriors who have, like, fought and failed to defeat Jack. Or maybe... So I think the matriarch is the leader because she's the strongest... And they have the strongest one give birth, so the next generation could be like the best. It's like some eugenic shit. Yeah, I that wouldn't put it past shit like that. And it's just like, what the like? I just I have so many questions, and I really like. I know they're probably going to be. We'll answered. get answers. Yeah, we'll get answers. I just that that Aku fucking fan club is like one of my favorite aspects because it's like, where does I really this wish come that Aku from? Himself had more of a presence in the first episode. 
just because Aku's such a great villain. He can't, he is. Yeah, he really is. He, he's one of he's actively one of my favorite villains of any like franchise. Samurai. No. <laughs> See, it's fun to do impressions, but it's not but it's accurate. Not accurate. Greg. Come on, Greg. Step up your game, Greg. <laughs> Fucking Greg. He works hard. Good. I much do respect, respect, much respect like to what him. he's doing. It's not. It's it's a it, tough act to follow. It's the toughest act to follow. If we're being completely it's, honest, it's like it's like it literally is like the hardest to follow up on. So like I understand. <laughs> I do. So we need you. I have my questions. We need but you I to understand. literally be Jesus, Greg. Can you literally this be is, Jesus? This for is us? what this is what you're living up to exactly. Can, hold, here's some. You need here's to be some, the second coming of Mako. Greg. Here's some water. We have a wine party coming up. Do your thing. Here's a bunch of cigarettes so you can match his voice. <laughs> Get the natural rasp, and then you can just focus on sounding as Asian as possible. Exactly. So, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Fucking amazing. Yes. I got, like, I just, I can't get over the fact, like, Scaramouche is probably one of my all-time favorite Samurai Jacks. And he's dead! And he's dead! Well, that's how it's just gotta well, go. Well, I'm okay with that. That's just, that's, that, that's the Samurai Jack? Exactly. Like, you don't... You fight Samurai like, Jack, you die. One of my favorite, bef- before this episode, one of my favorite enemies was Damongo. And Damongo was great, but he only lasted... Damongo was great, but, but he only lasted you know, one episode. And I was okay with that, because that's the nature of this show. Samurai Jack will always defeat... The bad guy, unless the bad guy. You know is who I'm cool. glad. You know who I'm glad lived. Though? Who? Uh, Zeke and Josephine Clutch. I liked them. I don't know if I remember them. The uh, the Western one on the train. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I get, and Zeke okay. had like the fucking interchangeable hand weapons. Yeah. And yeah. Josephine yeah, yeah. was just entirely feminine whilst yeah. So I'm sorry. Continue your final thoughts. Uh, like I just I love everything that was been introduced into this episode. Like. I'm wondering, like, I want to know what the fuck the Celtic Samurai is. I want to know if, like, I want to, if they, if he continues to have hallucinations throughout the rest of the show, I'd like to them to expand on, like, maybe the source of them. If it's not just, if I, if I was wrong and it wasn't just him looking at the smokestack and being guilty about it. I want to know what the fuck, like, fucking Aku fan club is one of my favorite things ever. Cause like fucking cool, like cool ass, like cults in the right setting are some of the cool, can be some of like one of the coolest driving forces in a show. And I want to know what the fuck their deal is. Cause these daughters are an enigma and I'd like to learn more about them. But overall fucking Jack is back, baby. You're back, baby. Samurai Jack. Okay. My final thoughts. Boom, boom. You know, it's like, I don't think I need to say anything about the perceived quality. Obviously I love this. I'm, super hyped for everything that follows i'm a little mad at my past self for not being into samurai jack as a kid uh-huh. just so i could feel like i earned this hype more but you know my big thing man enjoy what you enjoy yeah. like nobody... but my big thing is this i really want there's something i want this to be and it's not going to and i'm not talking about the content of the show itself Mm-hmm. This could be a big like game changer in the landscape of Western animation, but sadly it won't be. Um, in that it is, cartoons still very much have the stigma of being stupid and immature. Whether they're for kids or they're shit like Family Guy, like every fucking just about every cartoon out there is either like targeted at children. Or most of the stuff about adults is, like, based around, like, sex comedy or, like, characters being idiots or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
this is such a, this is really kind of like an American anime thing. And I'm not just saying that because it's a samurai. Oh. I'm saying that because like. No, 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 you, no. You know how like anime has the different genres so started towards different age groups. There's a really fucking relevant video. And it, it's, uh, um, I don't know if you've heard of the channel or not, but there's. And this is for listeners as well. There's a channel on YouTube called Mother's Basement. And the dude does, like, he does a bunch of, like, he reviews and analyzes, like, anime OPs, like, the intro sequences. And how, like, they're sort of like a music video in and of itself. And there's, like, imagery into it. Was that the thing you sent me about Cory in the House? He did the Cory in the House as, like, a joke video, yeah. He actually just released a video, which is one of my favorite, uh, like sort of discussion-based videos in recent mis- in recent memory. It's called, the, the title is great. It's Avatar is an anime, fuck you, fight me. And it's like this 20 minute, <laughs> it's this 20 minute analyzation of like how we, how Western animation is viewed and how certain shows, despite being created in an American setting, should be considered anime. And he talks about Steven Universe, yeah, so, Avatar, Korra, so like, Samurai Jack. Yeah, so like that's the thing though, because like I said, I remember when we were watching it, you said, like, okay, episode's over to Mumble. I'm like, no, we're going to watch through the credits. Because I went to point out how surreal it was to see the Cartoon Network logo at the end of all that for Cartoon Network Studios, you know? Yeah. And, but, and it's just, like, animation has this potential to grow and evolve into this, like, entirely new kind of subgenre that's, like, for older kids, teenagers, mm-hmm. and young adults, and it can be, like, serious and mature, and there are kid shows that do that, but, you know, like Avatar, like Steven, not not even, Steven Universe isn't even quite on the same level as Avatar or the Samurai Jack thing, because, like, it's just yeah. very much, like, like, you know, I haven't mentioned this on the podcast in forever, fucking Megaton Girl, and that's because it has literally been, like, either it was yesterday, it might have been today, it's literally been, like, a year now, since Mm -hmm. basically we went on hiatus and i i recently talked to austin about it you know there's a combination of factors and it's just indefinitely shelved but i know Mm -hmm. i know one of the things is like there is something we would like it to be that we would have to compromise for it to be on children's television but like what if it didn't have to strictly be children's television you know what if you had a thing that's like morals and jokes and craziness and good times but serious threats and serious themes and like mature stuff going on and like deep thoughts and emotional problems and you know like you can really mix like you can have like a character fucking bleed and get a broken bone like on screen and still mm-hmm. go back to wackiness and have it mixed organically and that's it's what entirely this possible does. yeah that's what this does and not enough animation does it and it's not going to, and if this develops this way where, like, the networks create it and the audience creates it, I don't know how long it would take. But, like, there is a niche here yeah. that this fills that is not being filled, and it deserves more than being relegated to 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. It deserves way more. Yeah, like, I 100% agree. I've always been, like... It's, like, basically not... Not quite Arrow because of the quality of the show. Mm-hmm. Why can't I do something that's like on the level of Arrow? Yeah. Like in terms of like what it shows and what it's willing to Maturity. do. Maturity. But it's animated and yeah. it has more imagination in it and shit. Yeah. And they're like, I just I know don't the Flash. Get it. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Flash. Flash the Flash is a, is, a, is a very apt comparison. Like people let their kids watch The Flash and there's stuff on there very not for kids, but they yeah. do it anyway. Because it's good. Like it's like. Quality is quality no matter what form it comes in. Like, I just, I, 
like I highly recommend both you, Max, and the audience to watch that Avatar is an anime fuck you fight me video because it's really great and it brings up a lot of points in terms of like how animation should be viewed, like either uh, just from a like a Japanese is it anime is it not perspective, and just in general like how people should consume media that is animated rather than live action because. I 100% agree with that sentiment that you don't have, like, it doesn't have to be... Animation doesn't need to be in the fucking ghetto that it's in. Yes, it does not, because this is the proven, like, the fucking, the Disney remakes that are coming out in the next few years. Everybody wants to go see them. It's the same story, essentially, being told. Jungle Book, Beauty and the Beast, and the fucking others that have come out in recent memory that I can't remember. Well, see, someone who's watched both Jungle Book and... Live action and animated, I can say they're not the same story because the live action one is good and the animated one is not. <laughs> well, I mean, like you know what I mean. It's it's, it's the same basic premise. It's though. the same basic premise. You're telling the same story of the same person. I mean, yeah, the beats are different, and it does. And the ending and it, is different. That's kind of notably it, important. Yeah, it goes in different directions. But what the the point is, I, I feel like Beauty and the Beast is going to be. You look at it, it's like okay, this is going to be the same exact thing. That I'm not happened. seeing it because of that. Yeah. But like people are going to see it. They want to see it because this is the story that they they loved, and they loved it when it was animated, and they love it when it's live action. And it's that that like that's the point. Like if you tell a good story, the medium through which it's being told can both like it can either not affect it or it can enhance it. And like, like I want to do, I want like there to be animated shows where it's like this shit is rated R, but like not like excluding out teenagers and stuff just are but teenagers are going to watch it anyway and we know that and it's fine but we're still going to call it rated r because of the content yeah and like being like ratings are weird at this point because like back when like back in the 90s if something was rated pg you could drop the you could say fuck in it and you would still like that would be rated pg and then raiders not temple of doom came along and changed things a bit for a good reason for a good, good reason. reason. I'm not Man, saying that. I'm pulling not saying a that. heart out of a chest is not something I want to take my seven year old to see. Yeah, maybe. I would. Yeah, like PG 13. Okay, honestly, if I had a seven year old, I'd let him watch Temple of Doom. Yeah. I would. Yeah, fair enough. Depends on the kids, like in Constitution, all that, you know. <laughs> also, fucking, like, I just, I want there to be more animated series that can tell a story that a live action series tells. And is taken very seriously for, but is animated because you can do so much with animation that you cannot do with live action. And I just, I, I hate that it's given the stigma of this is for kids. You shouldn't like, I tried explaining so many times to different people who are older, like watch the show. It's really fucking good. And they're like, Oh cool. What's it about? I explain what it's about. And then I mentioned that it's animated and I can see the look on their face shift immediately. They're like, Oh, it's, it's a cartoon. It's like, and I hate that. That just breaks my heart that that is a stigma that exists with animated series or animated movies or anything. That you just, you, there's this different mindset that all these people have about it. Like, you look at the fucking, every year, um, I think it's Cartoon Brew, uh, puts out, and they cherry pick from the reports of the Oscar. After the Oscars come out, it's like Variety or somebody gets like people who voted to explain their reasoning. And every year you look at the animated category and every year it's, oh, I didn't bother watching these. Oh, this stuff is for kids. And you'll get like one or two people who are like, oh, I saw this and thought it was good. And they give like a honest appreciation. Mm -hmm. But you get like two out of seven people watch maybe half the movies uh -huh. in the category. 
and like a bunch of them just didn't watch it all and didn't care. Mm-hmm. It's just L- like there are people who are like, oh, an anime movie. I just let my kids sit in and then go out for lunch or something. Like <sighs> anyway, I think we've said all we can here. This is clocking in at an hour now. Yeah. <laughs> so even though we ended on that frustrated note, Jack is back. Jack is back, and it's so fucking good. Guys, yeah, if you haven't watched it yet, go watch all of Samurai Jack. Like, the highlight of my Saturdays recently has been new episodes of Dragon Ball Super. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, go watch it. Like, please, for fuck's sake, go watch. He's back, man. It's so cool. And I'm so happy. And sorry to have, like, that huge frustrated rant and for you I guys. Love, but... And I love that the show ended on the classic credits music. And oh the eye sh- and the eyeballs. Have, yeah. N- I never have I mi- never have I thought, man, I really miss Will I Am's voice until at that moment. Thanks for listening to this very special episode of The Ring of Zone, which, you know, this is a bonus, so fuck it, we're not cutting it down, I don't think. We should, we, like, we don't need to, like, if you want to listen to us ramble through this bullshit, fine. Just, if you want to skip through it. Just click through, click through the fucking bar and skip what you don't like. But yeah, do it. Fuck it. Bye. <laughs>